This is a podcast where you don't have to be perfect. You can be happy. Make your day count. Encouraging, uplifting, full of joy. You're worth more than you think. This is Entirely Unconventional, and I'm Lindsay Roberts. I pray for something miraculous to happen to you today. Hi, everybody. Lindsay Roberts here, and I am so happy to have a conversation with you. Thank you for joining me on Entirely Unconventional. Today, I've got a word about being entirely unconventional. Wow, no surprise there, right? I want to talk to you today about what happens when you are unconventional. How does the church respond to you? How does the world respond to you when you're entirely unconventional? I pray right now in the name of Jesus for God to minister to you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray for divine intervention. I pray for divine healing. I pray for you to be blessed and ministered to in every aspect of your life right now. And I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to do this podcast for people's healing. Thank you, Lord, that you heal people today. The Bible says you do. And so we call on you right now as our divine healer. Thank you, Father God, the divine paraclete, the one called alongside to help us. Thank you, Father God, for divine intervention throughout this podcast. I thank you for it, Lord. And I pray that people are blessed and healed and delivered and set free today in Jesus' name. Not because of what I say, but because of what you've already done on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. I've talked to you about this before. It's Romans 12, starting with the second verse. Romans chapter 12, the second verse. And one of the fun things about this is it's unconventional. And it's entirely unconventional in so many ways. And I want to read a a couple of different things, and then I want to translate it. I've been on this for the last couple of weeks, and I might be on it for a few more weeks because I'm committed to the fact that there is something in this scripture, something hidden And yet, at the same time, something very obvious in this scripture that I believe can change lives, can change people's opinions about themselves. And I am all for change. I'm all for changing. I'm all for benefiting. I'm all for doing, you know, if God takes me left, I want to go left. If God says go right, that's the direction I want to go in. But I want to know, first of all, it's not because of people. I tend to be a people pleaser extraordinaire. I have built my life being the quintessential people pleaser and getting myself um, in a position to where people take advantage of me. My, uh, one of the things I used to say that someone once told me, take the word really out of your vocabulary. And someone else told me, if you're going to be a doormat, you're going to get walked on. Well, you know, I think I'd rather be the doormat than the personality of people doing the walking and trampling on other people. But at the same time, God never called me to be a doormat. And this scripture was so important for me to find and to really apply it to myself. And now to have you, let's just say, consider it. This is pretty easy. It says in Romans 12, and right now I'm in the NIV. uh, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your true and proper worship. Okay. So, you know, the world says a lot of things about what you should and shouldn't do. The world says a lot of things every time you open up a magazine. The world says a lot of things when you look at commercials. If I were able to um, transform the way makeup transforms people, I think I'd sleep in it. I might consider bathing in it. I mean, let's talk about it. You look one way and, and honestly, makeup's, I wear it, you know, 
and I'm going to make a joke. So when you hear this, no, I'm kidding. The Bible says avoid the appearance of evil. And sometimes without makeup, I could look a little evil there. So I'm kidding. But at the same time, we are under so much pressure to conform, to look a certain way, walk a certain way, talk a certain way, and transform ourselves into what some particular thing or some particular person or some particular whatever tells me I have to be. And if I can't live up to that standard, then what am I supposed to do? All right. So here's something I want you to think about. It says this, number two, it's, uh, it's uh, Romans 12, verse two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Well, what does that mean? I'm going to break that apart for you. But be transformed by the renewing how oh, of what? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what is God's will, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Wow. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why does the Bible say renew your mind with the word of God? Why is it so important to do it daily? Because daily Satan walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. This will be able to test and approve what is God, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So see, here's what happened to me. As a people pleaser, I recognize in that scripture, it didn't say what is a person's good and perfect will for your life. It's God's. Oh, that's easy to read. It's easy to say. It's easy to talk about. But is it so easy to do? So it says, do not be conformed. What that actually means is formed, organized after, fashioned like, conformed, molded into the same pattern of. And it also means a union together derived from, a way or an order. So see what happens, especially in this world, if you're not, you know, when the Bible talks about not being an island or a person all by yourself, when you are not just by yourself, to me, as long as I'm sitting in my home watching my television and seeing something on my TV or listening to something in a podcast or something like that, I'm kind of like not excluding God, but I'm kind of like my own judge and jury. So I make a decision. Okay, I feel like I want to get up and eat. Okay, I decide what I want to eat. Okay, I want to turn the air conditioning down a little cooler. Okay, that's my decision all by myself. But let's be honest. The moment my husband gets home, suddenly dinner takes on a different decision. Suddenly dinner now is taking on the decision of two people instead of my own personal opinion all about me. Then suddenly, if and I'll tell you, it used to be that I would keep my house at 63 degrees. I'm not kidding. I was always hot, and Richard was like, Lindsay, you're going to freeze me to death. Ah, no, I didn't. But, you know, put on a sweater, deal with it. Life goes on. One time when I was pregnant, it was so cold outside, and I was so hot inside, I opened up the bedroom window, and it snowed inside the bedroom. Richard said, Lindsay, it is snowing inside the house. So what's, what, what's your point? What's your issue? And we laugh and laugh, but the truth is we're polar opposites in things like that. Richard and I are polar opposites in what we eat. We're polar opposites in what we watch on television and polar opposites when it comes to temperature. Now, funny thing, my temperature gauge in, internally has changed and I like it nice and toasty. I like it about 70 degrees and now Richard likes it 63. Okay, that's not funny. But the truth is, you know, what goes around comes around, so to speak. Uh, yeah, now I know why he was um, 
freezing half the time. But truth be told, there's now another component in my household, in my thinking, in what I cook, in what I do. So I have to. I am, I am privileged in one half because I'm married, and thank God for that. It's been many, many years. But truth be told, it's not just an opinion about one. When I go to work, I work with a lot of different people. So it's no longer an opinion of just me. When I drive my car, believe me, there's traffic. It's no longer an opinion just about me. So it's one thing that if I have to conform to the ways of the world and it's required of me, that's wonderful. But if I conform to the description of this, the way the Bible talks about being put in a box, being forced and fashioned into a mold that is maybe not the way my brain thinks, maybe not the way my heart thinks, maybe not what's good for my family, maybe not what's good for me, and maybe not what's good for the kingdom of God, yet I am forced into that um, way of thinking, what do I do? It's a, it's a dilemma. It becomes a Lindsay Roberts conundrum. But listen to what this says, and I think this is super cool the way it continues. And it says, be transformed. The word is undergo a metamorphosis. It means, listen to this, this is cool. Change or cause to change completely into the form or nature of something else. To fashion, to form. It's a Greek word that is like the, like I just said, the metamorphosis. But here's what's cool. It's like a remodeling. And I'll tell you something about that. You know, when you go to those um, television channels that show a house that goes from a house that in my brain, in my mind, not having any education in this, in my way of thinking, I think just tear the thing down. My goodness, that thing should be condemned or they'll never be able to fix it. Or there's not a person in their talented, you know, whole uh, array of giftings that can fix this house. And before you know it, guess what? They fixed that house. They transformed it. They remodeled it. And they remodeled it not to go worse, not to go ugly, not to go horrible, not to cause pain, but the reno, the renovation, the remodeling was for what? To make it better than it was. The word metamorphosis is just like that. It means to be transformed, to be fashioned, and it means to be remodeled, renew, and it means to get to a place of where you were and transform into something better. Now, I've said this before. It's funny that metamorphosis is what happens when a cocoon happens where a caterpillar goes to a butterfly. You know, scientifically, I'm no rocket science. I won't ever say I am, but I have studied this before. So what happens? Very simply, it goes from a worm crawling on the ground, has a cocooning, a protective time of growth. Wow. Think about that. God cocoons us, gives us that protective time of growth, allows us to go from the way we were into something else. And what happens? You're no longer a worm on the ground, which don't think I'm against caterpillars. I love the little rascals. But, but you go from being a worm on the ground waiting for some giant foot to squash your guts out to having God cocoon you and form you and fashion you into the ability to fly, to become something greater, something even more beautiful. Sometimes we resent or we don't understand the cocooning. But if we look at it from God's perspective, 
Is it you being separated for bad, or is God cocooning you to refine you and reform you and transform you and renew you and restore you and refresh you so that by the time the cocoon process is over with, you're ready to fly? Let's keep going on that a little bit more because there's something interesting here I want you to see. And it says by renewing your mind. It means, I love this part. It actually transforms, it actually translates to remodel, refurbish, repair, restore, reinvigorate. I love that. It not only means just your thinking, it's your whole intellect. It's where you are being tested and proven for your renewing into God's kingdom. It's for God taking what he knows is best for you even if we don't always know the answer, but God taking that cocoon time, that protective time, refreshing you, renewing you, restoring you. I'm going to read you these words. A friend of mine translated this in like a bunch of translations and then gave it to me. And and he was doing this through different Greek words. Renew, renewal, renovate, refurbish, repairing, restoring, reinvigorating. The renewing of your mind, your intellect, your way of knowing. See, sometimes we have a way of thinking, but I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, I think I can do that. I don't know. I'm not sure. This is taking it from your way of thinking and putting it into your way of knowing that, you know, my father-in-law Oral Roberts used to say, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that, you know, nobody can convince you different. When you are in that place of God, in that cocooning, God wants you so enveloped, so wrapped up that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, by the time God is finished with you and you come out of that cocoon and you got your wings, you are ready to fly. You know that God has made a transformation for you. And I just think it's so exciting. It says for this purpose that you will come to know. It says that you will come to be the beneficiary of his good things and finding in him well-pleasing, connecting to him, that in your connecting to him, you are made perfected. God said he wants to perfect the things that concern you. That doesn't mean you are a perfectionist. It means God fashions and forms you into the things that he knows that are best for you. And it says, into the transforming, into the renewing of your mind. And then it says this, the determination, the active choice that you have in mind, God's supreme, Elohim, the things that are, listen to this, good and beautiful and valuable, well-pleasing, welcomed, acceptable, fully agreeable, delightful. And it means, get this, it fits in. You see, God doesn't want you to be shoved into a mold that you can't use, he can't use, and it doesn't work, and you know it doesn't work, you know it doesn't fit. Remember Saul's armor, and remember all the different things in the Bible. David is going to battle with Goliath, and they all tried to make it the way Saul would fight, the way somebody else would fight. Even think how Goliath would fight, and David said, no. I know how to fight. I use a slingshot and five smooth stones. Talk about entirely unconventional. Is that not the weirdest thing you've ever heard anything? I mean, come on, he's going to battle against Goliath, the great giant, who is from a, 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 a group that is about the same size, and he's going with five smooth stones and a slingshot. What in the world were you thinking? He wasn't. He was transformed because he had spent so much time renewing his mind with the word, with God, with the time he spent with God. And when that happened, we all know 
the Goliath of the world, the enemy of that day, hit the deck and David made king. Not instantly, obviously, but here's the point. David wasn't, trans, wasn't conformed to Saul's armor. David wasn't conformed to the way Goliath was thinking. David wasn't conformed to Goliath's way of doing battle. He would have lost on every count. He was transformed because he spent time with God. And this Bible, and this translation says it'll make you perfect and complete. It says complete to the end. It means to bring an end by completion. Some things come to an end, coming to an end because they're terrible. Oh my gosh, what a horrible rotten end. Maybe a marriage came to an end. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a job came to an end. Maybe something you were hoping for came to an end. But it said that you will be tested to approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And what that comes out to be concluded to the end, to bring an end by completing. And the good things mean things that are good, beautiful, and get this, valuable. God doesn't want to give you junk, make you junk, or stick you in the middle of the trash bin and say, you know, I hope you get thrown out with the next garbage dump. No, God wants to make you come to a an end by completing a welcome, accept, welcome, wow, what a word, a welcome, well-pleasing, fully acceptable, fully agreeable delight. And that comes from fit in. Fit in with what? With God's plan, his will, his purpose. God said, I know the plans I have for you. They are for your good and not for evil. When God has a plan for you, it's for your good and not for evil. Go look if you have, have the opportunity. What I've been reading is Romans 12 too. What I'd like you to do is if you have the opportunity, go to Jeremiah. Go throughout Jeremiah. I, you know, you can start with one. It's not a very big book, but go through Jeremiah and see how God was saying to Jeremiah, I got a plan for you. I got a purpose. And Jeremiah was saying, but I'm a child. You know, I don't think age matters. When you're not understanding and you're in fear or you're in worry, you're in doubt, and you think your world has just come to a very bizarre twist in the road, I believe God's not finished. He said that you may know the will, the, the active choice, the message, the mission, determined and have in mind the things that are good, beautiful, valuable, welcome, acceptable, fully agreeable, delightful, that fits in and complete from end to end, concluding to bring to an end, bringing to complete God's perfect will. Wow. All of that is one verse in Romans 12, uh, verse 2. If we, if we just look at the percentage, you know, people say, how come we only have one book of the Bible, only 66 books within the Bible? My goodness, if you look at this, Genesis to Revelation, oh my goodness, this one just this one verse can keep me going for a very long time. And I want it to keep you going for a very long time. And right now, my prayer for you right now, I pray for you to go through that phase that the Bible, the Bible calls that metamorphosis where you go from feeling like you're a worm on the ground waiting to be squashed and God cocoons you. He protects you. He takes care of you. He has that built-in place to wrap his arms around you, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the divine paraclete. Hide, as Psalm 91 says, in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, you're my fortress, my refuge, my God, and you will I trust. When we get into that place, then I believe God can transform us 
into that beautiful butterfly, not only equipped to fly, not only ready to fly, but I believe God will direct you where to fly. I pray for you right now from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray for God to minister healing to you in every aspect of your life so that you know beyond any shadow of a a doubt, you know that you know that you know that God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you, and that purpose is for your good. I pray for you to be healed and delivered, especially in direction, knowing the right direction to go, knowing where to go, what to go, what to think, what to do. I pray for God to direct every aspect of your life, that Jesus is not just your Savior. Thank God he's our Savior for our eternal life. I have a friend who got saved by saying, Jesus, okay. And if you need to do that, say, Jesus, okay. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. But the Lord part means the direction, the Lord. He lords over the direction of your life. So I pray for God to give you amazing direction. And you, as I said earlier, know that you know that you know that you are in God's perfect will, in his perfect care, in his perfect cocoon, in every aspect of your life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 and amen. You know, from time to time, I get questions sent to me. And feel free, if you'd like to, to look. You can see on this podcast you know, where you can drop a question in. And a lot of those questions determine what I do next on the next podcast. This one said, this may be a silly question, but I'm new to faith. How do I, quote, spend time with God, being I can't literally see him? Okay, so the Bible is very clear. Let me give you two little things in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11.1 and Hebrews 11.6. Faith is the substance the tangible, touchable, spendable substance of the things you're hoping for, even there is no evidence of things like that yet seen. That's Romans, I mean, sorry, that's Hebrews 11.1. There is a substance. You know, when we talk about money in in the American currency, so to speak, it's the medium of exchange for goods and services. It's like, I'm going to call it this, a dollar bill or a bunch of change, okay? We exchange that dollar bill for, let's say, a coffee, we exchange that dollar bill for, let's say, well, a couple more dollar bills for, let's say, a pizza. That is the one thing being exchanged for another. You take what you have and exchange it for something you want. Okay, faith is the substance, the medium of exchange in God's kingdom for what you want to exchange the things you're hoping for into the things that are tangible. In Hebrews eleven six says, God's a, re- a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What's the reward? What's diligently seek? You seek him by that faith. What is faith? How do I know what faith is? Okay, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith is your belief system. You're either gonna use that belief system to believe good, to believe bad, to believe happy, to believe sad. You're gonna believe something. Believe the news, don't believe the news. That is acting on your belief system, how you carry that out. So how you act on your belief system, how you carry it out is very simple. Get in the word of God. Romans 12, 2 is a great place to start. I gave you Psalm 91. I gave you Hebrews 11, 1 and Hebrews 11, 6. Faith is developed by hearing the word of God. So get in the word of God and find out what God thinks of you. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Start with that one. Wahoo. I'm the healed of the Lord. Grab onto that one and say that all day. I'm a child of God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Uh, Grab onto that one. Jesus came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's how you build yourself up in your most 
holy faith. And that's also how you spend time with God. And a lot of times, once you've done all the talking, I have a, I have a system in my house. Once you've done all the talking, I be quiet and I allow God to do the talking. And then when he's done, I do the talking. And when I think he's done, you know, it's, it's communication. Conversation is hopefully a two-way street. I let God talk and I listen. Then when I talk, I believe he's listening. And a lot of times my words can go to vapor unless my words line up with the word of God. I don't want to waste my time spewing silly goofball things to God. I want my conversation, as the Bible says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable, a delight in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I begin to worship God. I praise you, Lord. And if the only thing, since you're new to this, you can say is, praise God. Praise God. Start there. Hi, God. This is Lindsay. Praise God. If someone gives you some kind of weird news, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I praise you, Lord. I worship you. Start there and see where that leads you. I believe that when you start with one verse, you know what? You're going to want to go to two. When you go to a second verse, you might want to go to a third one. Go to the book of Philippians and the chapter four. I love that one. Go to somewhere, go into the back of the Bible or go Google on, on scriptures on healing. Start there and see where that directs you. Question two, uh, how do I know if my lack of progress is my being protected by God or being limited by Satan? What a question. I didn't write that. Kind of wish I did. What a question. How do I know if my lack of progress is my being protected by God or being limited by Satan? You know, I say this, God talks like he writes and he writes like he talks. Once you pray, once you get in quiet time, even just go in a room and see if there's a way to shut the television off and turn, you know, all the noise off, spend five minutes, even if it's in your car, it, it, sit down, shut the door. And I'm not saying drive, you know, recklessly in traffic. I'm saying just stop and, and be quiet and listen to what God is saying in your heart. When I pray and I stop and I listen, I believe through prayer, God hides his word in my heart. And I believe that if, you know, the Bible talks about God's still small voice. If I have a terrible, uneasy feeling, a restlessness in my heart, in my soul, in my guts, in my spirit, however you want to say it, if I have a very horrible uneasiness and it won't go away, I don't give credit to God for that. God is not that. God is a good God. God is a God of peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. And that I believe I believe kind of right there starts having a knowledge of which way it is. How do you know if your lack of progress is being protected by God? I would pray. I know this sounds really goofy, but pray. God knows the answers to those things. Those, those things. God knows the answer. God knows it before you think it or say it. God knows and sees everything. And I would say this. There is a scripture where we can say, the Bible says when we resist Satan, he's required to flee from us when we resist him. Satan, if this is you, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Get thee behind me, Satan. This is scriptural. Get thee behind me, Satan. You will not prevail. The Bible says you can rebuke him. The word rebuke means stop it. That's enough. Satan, I rebuke you. You'll have no part of this project. You'll have no part of my process. You'll have no part of my progress. You'll have no part of me. Satan, I rebuke you. And I ask Father God, to, to, to stop your plan in the name of Jesus. God, I give you my will and I receive your plan in Jesus name. Amen. I think when you do that, 
stuff begins to happen and you know in your spirit, maybe not your brain so much, sometimes that doesn't always settle, but in your spirit, you're settled. You know that you know that you know God's in it. And I want to remind you, thank you for being a part of this podcast. Give us your questions, please. Um, and, and I want you to take something with you. I want you to take the scriptures, Romans 12, 2, Psalm 91, Hebrews 11, 1. Go to Philippians, Philippians 4. And as you do, when you read it, I want you to recognize something that I believe with every fiber of my soul. I believe you're worth more than you think. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To connect with Lindsay on social media, follow her on Instagram at Lindsay Roberts Official. To get a copy of Lindsay's brand new book, Discover Your True Worth, simply search Discover Your True Worth on Amazon.com. We'll see you next week.